do with today, Joshua. Um, I, w- I wondering this building up to this week, what is it that we could share in our Kyle service? Uh, what does the world need to hear? What do we need to hear? And I uh, think of that song, I, th- I love that line, it's my favourite line in, er- in any carol, a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. And what do we need more of? What could we do with a load of at the minute? Hope? Yeah, tick. What about joy? We, we could do with a lot of joy. What about peace? Well, we'll- we talk about peace. And there's places to go and there's things that we could look at uh, just to, to hone in on one particular theme or one particular thread from this incredible story. The coming of Jesus the, in taking on flesh and coming to dwell among us is the most powerful doctrine. It's the most stunning thing that has ever taken place. And, uh, and what, what, what could we speak about it, that today? The temptation to try and think of something new and and so what I wanted to do this, this morning, and, and Neville already started out with the story of Mary, the girls and the boys have highlighted, uh, highlighted Mary and her story and her response, and I just wanted to reflect on her today. I wanted to reflect on her, because, yes, because she's, she is special. She is highly favored. Blessed are you, Mary. Um, but I want to suggest to all of us this morning, she's, she is special and she is favoured because, because of her response. What is special, what is most special about Mary is her response. And I'm just wondering, is there something that we can learn from Mary, how to receive Jesus? How to receive Jesus? And, um, and that's what I want to reflect on just for a few moments. I think Mary shows us how to receive Jesus, how to respond uh, when Jesus comes. And you know this word, um, this word highly favoured um, is used one other time uh, in the Bible, used one other time in the New Testament. The Greek word, um, Andrew may be able to tell me better, the Greek word is charitu or something, that is a, probably an embarrassing attempt at the pronunciation, but it's used one other time, and it's used by Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. Whenever Paul, writing to the church, writing to the people in Ephesus, he says to them, you are accepted in the beloved. It's this, they accept it. It's the same word used to speak about Mary being highly favored. And of, and, and of all the things I think that we, we, could, we want to communicate in this, this Christmas season, it is... To start with, at least start with being able to look each one of you in the eye and say that you are highly favoured and you are deeply loved. That was the message that came to Mary. Mary, you're highly favoured, you're deeply loved. And it's the same message that Paul continued to carry to the church and to anybody who would listen. That's the story that, we, that, I, that you need to hear. You need to know this today need to know that you are highly favoured, you are deeply loved, you are accepted in the beloved. And I think it's really important because sometimes we can sanitise this story because I can guarantee you, I would be amazed if we were to find out that Mary just accepted this. We read it so, we read it so clean cut sometimes in the account, but I can guarantee you that Mary wrestled with this. Mary was riddled with confusion at this. Mary wrestled with, with, uh, with uncertainty. She wrestled with, um, 
with all of, uh, all of the doubts, all of the confusion, the sense of feeling alone, the sense of feeling afraid. That's why I think it's important that we also hear what the, what the angel said to Mary, not only highly loved, or not only highly favored and deeply loved, but the Lord is with you. And so when you go through those moments of confusion, when you feel like you're incredibly alone, when you're, you're incredibly afraid, the Lord, is, the Lord is with you. You are favored. You are loved. The Lord is with you. And that would love us to hear that as, as an integral part of this story. He loves you. He sees you. And I think when our response, I think it was Tamar that read it, and Luke chapter 1, verse 38, when our response is the same as Mary's, her response being, Lord, let it be, even though I still don't know what the future is going to hold, even though I don't know how this is all going to pan out, but let it be. May I, I'm saying yes to you. I'm giving you my yes. Still don't have all of the answers. Still not sure where this is going or what's going to happen. But I'm saying, may it be to me as you've said. What you have said and what you've spoken, I'm giving my yes to it. And I... Uh, and so I am convinced that when our response is the same as Mary's, when we receive Jesus the same way that Mary received, we are pregnant with possibilities. We are pregnant with life. We are pregnant with hope. We are pregnant with joy, pregnant with peace. When we receive Jesus in the same way that Mary received, when he comes, he reminds us that we're loved reminds us that we're favored, reminds us that we're accepted, that he sees us. And we respond, we give him our yes, let it be. I think we become pregnant with possibility, with hope, with life. And I, I don't know how you, some of you ladies feel whenever you read Paul in Galatians, when he says, I am, at, I am in pains. I am at pains like, it's, like I'm in childbirth. And you're, I, think, I wonder if sometimes women you've read that and thought, Paul, you have no idea. How dare you? even think that you can relate to us in this moment but the point being he goes on to say until Christ is formed in you and there's been something about that phrase that over the last sort of couple of days that's just really grabbed me we receive we receive Jesus in the same way that Mary did we become pregnant with all of these possibilities because Christ is being formed in us I think that is a stunning picture. And although Paul mightn't fully get it, what it truly is like, I think he is on to something. Um, it was Daniel that read for us uh, verses 46 to 56. And I don't, I don't, at, the, at the risk of going off on a tangent, I don't have time to do that. But I, I love that Mary gets what this good news is going to be. It's going to be good news for those who have got used to being rejected. It's going to be good news for those who have been used to being on the margins. It's good, going to be good news for those who have felt rejected and oppressed. We've sang about that again in our song that we've, uh, that we've sung. And so upon receiving Jesus, she understood that this, this was going to be good news to those who have been cast aside, to those that have been marginalized, to those that have been isolated. And I think... Again, the risk of just repeating myself, she shows us how to receive Jesus. She shows us how to allow Christ to be formed in us. And to sort of make reference to where we've been a few times over the last number of weeks. And again, like I feel like a, I feel like a fraud speaking about this because you ladies could come up and speak about this better than me. But what I do know is that 
And as, as, as a baby is being formed, as new life is being formed, there's things that inevitably happen that you're forced to slow down. And we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks. And I think that the same analogy works for us. As we, as we allow Christ to be formed in us, we need to slow down. That's why I've loved this Advent season probably more than any other. And, and we're going to have... Neville keeps wanting to have Christmas morning because he's gutted that he can't bring all the kids up to show his toys and, and uh, he loves that part of Christmas. And, um, but, but Christmas Eve is the end of, it's the end of Advent and we're going to gather together and we're uh, so, so looking forward to that. Just this, um, this ability, this gift of, of being able to slow down. And whether it's Mary receiving Jesus or Christ being formed in you, uh, we are forced to slow down. And again, you ladies can speak better than me. I'd love to invite you up, but I'll not do that. You're no longer, you're no longer in charge of your own body. You're no longer in charge of your own body. Your life has now been taken over by another. And that's what it looks like. That's what it looked like for Mary. And that's what it looks like for us who are allowing Christ to be formed in us. Our lives are being taken over by another. We are no longer in charge if we have given our yes to Jesus, if we have said, may it be to me, just as you have said. And so we allow Jesus to take center stage. And whether, whether, whether it's, it's his actual birthday or not, uh, this, is, this is a time where we celebrate his birthday. And I think you would find it pretty weird if you went to a birthday party and the person whose birthday it was wasn't there. Like, you'd find that so strange. It'd be really weird. And so I think that if we're going to, if it truly is his birthday, whether it is or not, we allow Jesus to take center stage. And if it, on his birthday, we, we, we gather at a birthday because we love the person and because their presence makes a difference in the world. And so that's what Jesus does more than any other. And so let's allow him, let's allow him to take center stage. And as we've talked about over the last, I suppose the last couple of years, and we just want to just highlight it again today as I finish, um, that there is new habits, and I think we're going to we're going to continue to to discover this together. We're going to continue to work this out together in the new year. New habits, new disciplines, new patterns, new priorities, new direction, because of this life that is being formed in you. And I think Mary, the, the way that Mary received Jesus was was what she was saying yes to, new habits, new direction, new priorities, new patterns, because of the life that would be informed in her. And if we are to receive Jesus in the same way, that is what's going to happen to us.